I will start with saying I did not actually introduce myself earlier when I did announcements, but my name's Katie, and I am the youth minister here at the church, and I also work at a local ministry um, here full-time during the week, but um, I'm excited to share with you guys this morning, but at the same time, I'll be straightforward. My mind has been a hot mess. <laughs> And in, in a good way, a bunch of different things that I know that the Lord's teaching me personally, and then what of that do you really share out to everybody, and what's just for yourself that he's doing in yourself, um, versus sharing it with everybody, and all different scriptures and things, especially coming up to Easter, that are really cool and really exciting, and just having discernment on on what things you share, and what things you don't, and <laughs> so anyway, so it's a process, so I am going to start by praying for our time, and my mind, <laughs> and my words, so Father, um, thank you so much for um, giving me the opportunity to share things that um, you're teaching me, or, um, or that I can continue to communicate to others, and to bring them closer to you, Father, and um, I just thank you for that opportunity, and the gifts that you've given me, Father, I pray for wisdom and discernment and that my mind and my words are pleasing to you and um, do nothing but encourage people to be closer to you. So, Father, I give you this time and um, just surrender my, myself for your will. In your name we pray. Amen. So, what is today? Palm Sunday. So, growing up, I did not go to a church that said anything about Palm Sunday. I had no idea what it was till I, like, quite a bit later. Um, we, we did a lot of the, you know, Good Friday and that type of thing, but we didn't say a lot about Palm Sunday, or it wasn't necessarily communicated um, clearly what that was. And so I was excited just to kind of go through it a little bit deeper. Um, but Palm Sunday is Jesus getting into Jerusalem, and when he is greeted, he is greeted with palm leaves, or they laid them down, or it was like a celebration. Um, and so I was like, okay, you know, why palm leaves? Is it just the, that's the leaves they had? What, what was the significance of that? And so um, palm leaves, or palm branches, are a symbol of victory, triumph, peace, and eternal life. Like, I had no idea. I'm like, what is going on? So um, I just thought that was so cool. And so um, it was a reminder for Christians at that time of their willingness to accept Jesus into their soul and follow him. And I thought, man, Jesus, and you got to think he's coming there for the, for the first time. They're like, man, we've been waiting. We have been waiting and he's, he's coming into Jerusalem, and they're like, man, we have to be ready. We have to celebrate. We have to, okay, we're going to lay these leaves down. We're, we're, just, we're just preparing for this, this Messiah that everyone's talking about, and they're trying to figure out what it all means and, and what the next steps are and what it's all going to look like, and they have no idea. <laughs> so they're just getting into it. So I wanted to go through... Um, a few different verses. We're going to mostly spend time in, in John or Matthew. Those are really the two books. <clears throat> Just a reminder, because we've said this with youth group, Matthew, I think we did it uh, last week, not this week, last week, 
where we shared about just remembering that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are, are the Gospels and they're, they're different perspectives of the same thing that's happening. So there might be like Matthew and Mark at one point might have said something that happened, but Luke and John, they weren't there. So maybe, maybe they didn't share that portion of it. But then you'll see like, you know, two days later, you'll see, oh, now, now John is there and he's able to write down, he's able to share where he's at or where, where Jesus was at with him. So we have these different um, perspectives, but all of them cohesively come together to tell a very seamless story uh, of Jesus's time on earth. So um, just a reminder. So uh, John chapter 12 verse 13, and it's a, it's a quick one, all right, all right, so the, let's see, they took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, blessed is the king of Israel, so um, Hosanna, what does Hosanna mean? Because let me tell you, I was like, wait a minute. I know, like, we sing songs about Hosanna all the time. Hosanna, Hosanna. I can't remember. It was like, I, I feel like that's my childhood, is that song. <laughs> but anyway, but Hosanna is to pray and save us in Hebrew. What? Pray and save us, a word that has already existed way before Jesus' death, way before he comes back. Um, so I just thought that was, whew. So it's a noun to cry out with praise and adoration to God. Sorry, I'm just like, take a minute. Just, just let it be cool. Let it be cool because it's pretty stinking cool. Um, so then um, I started kind of going through, and we've, we've been going through the Chosen series as a youth group, and uh, we started at the beginning because a lot of us, including myself, hadn't seen quite a few of the episodes. And, um, and so as we've been going through that, what's been really, really fun, and the adults will say this too, watching all these people that we have read about, we've heard stories about, we've grown up in children's church, some of us, and, and been able to hear all these things, and they come alive in a certain way where it's like, wow, yes, I've read that, you know, three sentences of scripture, but have I thought about the whole, the whole narrative of what's going on around these three or four sentences of scripture and what that would look like and take the time to stop long enough instead of just reading, 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 reading. Okay, I read it, you know, and so digging it apart and understanding people. So one person that has stood out to me quite a bit is Simon. I like Simon. Simon's a little rough around the edges. He means well, and he gets it wrong, like, all the time. And so I just, I, I feel for the dude, but I also think that he's got a really cool perspective of things. So I kind of dug into um, some more of his story, and I just wanted to share it with you guys and see if we could maybe... Um, gain some clarity or maybe have something in common with, with Simon. So uh, we're going to turn to Matthew chapter 16. Now Simon has been, has been following Jesus um, and in the past has been someone that um, likes to have control. 
and he is stubborn. Um, he's a figure it out himself kind of dude. I would say like if you think of book smarts or street smarts, I would say that he's more on the side of trying to figure out street smarts and trying to do what he can to make sure his life is okay or, or his wife is okay or his, um, uh, I guess in, in there it talks a lot about his mother-in-law being okay, his house, just protecting what is his. Um, and, and a little bit stubborn in the way that he does that. But um, so Matthew chapter 16, uh, verse 13 and I don't know in, in your Bible, but does it say Peter's confession of Christ? Yes. So, um, so as you go down, let's see here. So it talks about how um, it talks about how Jesus is kind of just having a conversation with him. And, and, and when you think of it, I, I would love to think that they are just sitting somewhere, just the two of them. You know, who do you... Who do you think is the Messiah? And he's like, well, you know, people say that John the Baptist, like some people, some people say this person. And so Jesus stops him. Who do you say is the Messiah? And he goes, it's you. You're it. Yeah, Simon Peter, exactly. So from that moment, so Simon Peter answers, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus replies, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man because man was saying, I, I'm pretty sure it's this person. It's got to be this person. He did really cool things. I feel like this, this guy, man, he was pretty stand up guy. Maybe it's got to be him. So this is what the world is telling him. But my father in heaven has told you. My Father in heaven has, has made sure to tell you and to give you the confidence that these other people, although maybe have done great things, they are not your Messiah. And it was such clarity. So then he goes from that point, and I tell you that you are Peter now. So, and this is the rock I will build my church. So Peter, the, the name Peter means rock or foundation. And so Simon Peter, at that moment, when there was a transformation of saying, no, you're it. You're it. These other guys, they might be okay, but you are the Messiah. You are my Messiah. And so he chooses to say, you're going to go by Peter now. There's an actual physical change. So we talk about when we have eternal life, when we accept Jesus, that it's a new life. It's a new start. We talk about this over and over again. But this, I love that there was a, there was a actual audible and um, identity change that happened for Simon, this stubborn, um, ridiculous, fighting mentality, street smarts dude, get it done my own way kind of guy. And then, man... Jesus like, okay, we're just gonna, we're just gonna change that. So now I want to go to, it's, it's going to be a similar thing, but Peter, um, what do we know about Peter before, before Jesus is crucified? What does he do three times? He denies God. So this same guy that is, is a disciple of his, 
that walks with him, that protects him, that goes with him wherever he goes, that saw a miracle in front of his eyes in his own boat to help his family and to get all these fish into his boat, the same guy is going to deny Jesus three times. So uh, let's see here. We're going to go to John, back to John, but it's chapter 13. Chapter 13, verses 31 through 38. So during this section, during this section is when Jesus is, is talking right to Peter and he's sharing with him that you're going to deny me. He tells him to his face, you're going to deny me. And, you know, Peter's, Peter's shocked. He's shocked. He's like, what are you talking about? How could I ever deny you? How, why would I ever deny you? Um, and so let's see here. So Jesus replies, let's see, sorry, it's verse 36. Um, Simon Peter asks him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus replied, where I am going, you cannot follow me, but will follow later. Peter asked, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. I will lay down my life for you. Then Jesus answered, will you really lay down your life for me? Will you really do that? I tell you the truth, before the rooster crows in the morning, which if anybody's from or the neighbor right over here, used to have a rooster, and this guy, man, he was loud. So he, yeah, it was ridiculous. The neighbor that's right next door, I don't think it's there anymore. But before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times or denounce me three times. And it just cuts off right there. I would have loved to see the scripture of, of, of Peter going, there's no way. I just, I will lay down my life for you. I, I saw you do miracles right in front of me. I saw you provide for my family. I have decided to follow you and leave everything. I, I've got you. You and I do life together. I've got you. I, I, I wish that was there. It's not. <laughs> it's not there. Um, so then we're going to, now remember, these are, this is John's account and then Matthew's account. So they're kind of happening within the same time frame. And remember, this is all happening. This is all happening really within the next few days um, leading up to the crucifixion of Christ. So this, it's just crazy, all this happening in such a small time frame. But um, so Matthew chapter 26, I'm sorry, you guys are turning back and forth. And I did not put that in you version. <laughs> I know. Pastor Tom goes away, and man, I do what I want. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He's probably watching. He's going to be like, really? You do what you want. Just kidding. I can't help it. If I can't make people laugh, like, it's not a good day. I just have to. Um, so, Matthew chapter 26, verses 69 through 75. <clears throat> then Jesus told them, this very night, you will all fall away on account of me, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep 
of the flock will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Peter replied, even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. I tell you the truth, Jesus answered, this very night before the rooster crows, you will denounce me three times. So these are different perspectives of this happening. And I want to make sure that I have it, which maybe I don't. That's okay. So then, I don't know that I have it in my notes, but I know it from my mind. And I can look at it and find it so that you guys can see it yourselves just in case. But, um, so what's happening is uh, Jesus is being arrested and he is from this, from this same place that is like welcoming him with open arms. He's being arrested and taken into custody. And he, he's starting to, um, he was predicting his death with Peter. He was predicting his death and talking about it. And Peter's first response, Peter's first response is, that will not happen. I will not let that happen. And so he's very forceful. I feel like he's very forceful. The way that it, with the way it presents itself is very much like um, he's very protective, very protective instincts for Jesus. Very much a, um, I will fight you and I will make sure my, this is my person and I will make sure he's good. And so he's a very, I don't, to me, he, he's very protective. Um, and so it says, it says actually right above that. So uh, Jesus predicting his death. This is verse 21 of chapter 16. And it goes through and um, from this time on, sorry, from that time on Jesus began to explain to his disciples that they must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at his hands of the, the hands of the elders. That this, he's saying this, it's about to happen. I've told you something's coming. I've told you we need to prepare. I've told you, please follow me. And it's all leading up. So then when you go down to verse 22. Oh, sorry, sorry. Verse 21 at the end here. Um, that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life again. Peter took himself aside. So he took him aside, got one-on-one. -on -one which I, I love that concept of, let me pull you aside. I'm not going to say this in front of everybody, but I want to talk to you about this because this, my heart's not okay with this. This doesn't settle with me. Um, and he began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said. This will never happen to you. It will never happen to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan which is so weird. This is his disciple. This is his friend. This is the person he's provided for. This is the person he said, follow me. Follow me. Join me. I need you. I've chosen you. 
So it's, it's, a, it's a crazy concept to like kind of switch it like that. So get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross. See, see Peter, he was going places. Peter had, Peter had good intentions with what he said. He wanted to protect a person that he cared for, that he knew was, was holy, a person that he knew was the Messiah. He just didn't have the right fight. He wasn't fighting the right battle. Um, what Peter wanted was not within the will of God, um, and Jesus needed to die. It wasn't, it wasn't really an option of, 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 you know, yes, no, maybe, no, if you protect me, then I don't have to do it. But, but now people know that, you know, we have a good bond and we're good friends and that's why we're good. So Peter could only see what was right in front of him. He could only see as far as what he knew. Um, so then it started to get me to a, a place for, for myself where, um, something that I struggle with, and I know that I think it's probably common, maybe it's not, but um, surrendering to the Lord. Because, man, you know, isn't it nice to be in control <laughs> and to be in, like, authority of your own life and your choices and <laughs> all these things that it's scary. It's scary to surrender it and let go of it and trust the process that you know nothing about. Like, you know nothing after today. <laughs> after this moment, we don't know. And to say yes to that. Um, and so, uh, so a few years ago, I, I got divorced, and it was very difficult. But after that, I became a single mother. And, and I felt like the need to surrender was like, multiplied. <laughs> um, and maybe it was just because I was going through a hard time, so it multiplied. I think that can be for anybody, any circumstance. Um, usually when we're in a tough place, the thought of surrendering, when really, like, when you're in a tough place, you need to fight. You need to pick yourself back up. You got to get up. You got to dust yourself off. You got to do things to be able to get to a place where you've got it all together again. And I was, I was dealing with <clears throat> ridiculousness, <laughs> let's just say that word, ridiculousness, um, in the midst of also finding out so much debt in my name that I needed to now make it disappear <laughs> and pay it off, and I, and I didn't know what to do, and I was a, a stay-at-home mom for the most part, and then I got a job at a counseling office that was a Christian counseling office that I knew man, like, this is beautiful. They get to walk with people, with the Lord, encourage people, help them grow through hard times. Beautiful. But man, my paycheck was not great. My paycheck was actually really not great. <laughs> and there was no health benefits. <laughs> and so I was like, man, this is, like, ridiculous. So anyway, um... 
There was just a moment of realizing how much I struggled to surrender because I felt like I needed to be strong all the time. Um, I need to be strong all the time. I need to be prepared for anything all the time. Um, I need to not let down my guard. I, I can be funny with people and, and comical and all those things, but at the same time, I have to feel like I'm watching everything and everybody for anyone that's trying to, to hurt this vulnerable place that I'm in that I know I have to do better for my child, and I know I have to go through, um, for me, a lot of persecution, things like that, that just came along with it. But I knew I had to be strong in a way that I felt like it was nobody's job but my own. If you can relate with that, so be it. I would assume that maybe you can in your own, in your own story. Um, so I went through, and, and surrender is, a, is the willingness to submit to authority and to yield the power and control. <laughs> Monica's over there laughing because we had a conversation right before, right before today started. And, um, and it talked about this. And I looked at her and I laughed. And she goes, what are you laughing at? And I said, you're going to love today's message. And she goes, you mean like love it, like not really like it at all <laughs> or something like that? And I was like, correct. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So to submit to authority and yield the power and control. And so I, I thought about three areas, or I guess three, um, three phrases that kind of helped, helped me to put it, to process it. I always got to make things smaller so I can kind of process it in stages. Um, so submitting to authority and to yield the power and to agree with God, even when it doesn't make sense all the time. Or maybe it seems like if I just do it my own way, I'll get it done quicker. And so I thought, man, you know what I need to do? And then I thought, you know what Simon needed to do? He needed to stop fighting, stop hiding, and stop resisting. And I think that will be a lifelong <laughs> process for me. Um, and um, it'll be something that needs to happen over time. Is Matthew still here? He is. Hey, Matthew, are you willing to grab my water bottle? It's on the back chair. I'm so sorry if I woke you up from your nap. <laughs> we'll talk about it on Wednesday. Oh, okay, good. He wasn't sleeping, guys. Man, I have to give you a hard time. Once you're in youth group, like, it's, it's fresh meat, man. Fair game. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Thank you. Oh, man. I'm so sorry. Hopefully you didn't hear that. Um, so, anyway, stop fighting, stop hiding, and stop resisting. So I want... Um, when I thought about that process of stop fighting, stop hiding, stop resisting, I think it's a process where we each have to go through and really look at what that looks like for us. 
Because Simon, man, Simon had good motives in, in trying to protect Jesus. He wasn't trying to go against him. He wasn't trying to do wrong. He just was trying to fight and be protective and all these things that made sense to him, made sense to protect his own. And so Jesus had to like flip him, flip him upside down and say, no, you don't have the plan that God has. Doesn't mean you had wrong intentions, but you're getting it wrong. I have to do this. This has to happen. So what does it look like when God's plan doesn't agree with what you want? What does that look like? What's your perspective of it? Do you choose to choose to hide and continue to do you? <laughs> or are you saying, you know, I really want it this way, but but Lord, what do you have? Where do you want me? Where do I need to be and what am I not seeing? Am I fighting the right fight? Because we can fight thinking we're doing good things. We can fight and think that we're getting it right. But if we take a step back, and we go back to the Lord, and we say, what is your will within my life? What is your will within this ministry? What is your will within each of us as people who love you and want to serve you or want to do things that glorify you? And maybe we're just getting it wrong sometimes. Not because we're trying to, you know, be against God. So then it, it, I had to take a step back because I felt like, man, I'm, I'm being really hard on myself <laughs> a little bit. Like, this is hard stuff. And so um, a certain song came to me, um, and I love Viv. If she's in here, she might be with the kids. But Viv and I were sitting um, upstairs getting ready before um, youth group on Wednesday, and we're listening to this song, and I had told her kind of, kind of what the message was about, just little tidbits here and there. And this song came on, and we looked at each other, and we're like, oh, that's cool. That's really cool. So this song talks about what God's brought us through, what he's already done. And um, whenever I question the authority of God for the future, the things that are to come that I have to trust him with, that I know nothing, nothing about the outcome and nothing about how it all ends up working out. I can't, I wish I could look back and be like, oh man, I see it all. I see exactly what he was doing before he did it. And I'm going to say, yes, I like it. That looks good. I want that. We don't get that. We don't get that opportunity. Simon didn't get that opportunity, or Peter didn't get that opportunity. Now, for Peter's story, he denied God three times. When Once he was arrested, they were like, do you know this man? You were with him. I don't know him. This is the same person that said, I'll die for you. I'll lay my life down for you. And he said, I don't know him. So then they said, no, 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 no. No, I'm pretty, you have a different accent. You don't have an accent like ours. I love that it says that. Like, these people are like, no, 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 wait a minute. You're not from here. 
And he's like, nope. <laughs> Just no. And they were like, no, you, you came with him. You came with him here, and you are with him. And he got arrested, and you're just sitting here. He goes, I don't know what you're talking about. To his face, like, nothing. I don't know what you're talking about. And immediately after, it says he wept and cried. He was so embarrassed. He had the opportunity to stand up for the Savior that he knew just who knows how long ago I would die for you. There's no way you would die. I would give my life before that happens to you. And now he's, I don't know him. I don't know him. And then he wept and cried. So, Surrendering had to happen over and over again for Peter. It wasn't a one-and-done situation. It was a, a constant process that he had to go through over and over of surrendering and saying, oh, man, I was afraid. I didn't want to be known for being with you. You just got arrested. I need to save myself. I have a wife. Um, I have my home back home. I need, you know, I've got my mother. I need to be okay. I need to be okay, so I have to protect me. I am going to fight for staying with my family. I'm going to hide, choosing to hide from God. And I am going to resist being known with you. We do that. Maybe not in like a super bold way where we're just like, we don't know Jesus, but we do it, right? Maybe not even realizing it, maybe super quick, not even flippantly making choices where we, where we fight Jesus or we hide from Jesus or we say, I'll give everything of my life, but I'm not surrendering this because this is mine and I'm going to keep it and I want to protect it and this is this. Ooh, as a mom... That's how I feel with my baby. <laughs> That's how I feel with my daughter. And it's so hard to trust that God's got her, even when I'm not there as mama bear right next to her. Because I can pretty much guarantee if I'm right next to her, things are going to be okay. <laughs> but the thought of when I'm not there and she's away, my heart is like, so surrendering things that are hard to us, surrendering things that are difficult. So again, so I went back into this place of what has God brought me through? So I want to take a minute and I want to be really awkward, but I'm already really awkward anyway. <laughs> so I'm really not doing anything new, um, but I want to just have complete silence and give you guys a minute to really think about the things that God has already brought you through or giving a space to really see what he's done. So now the awkwardness begins.
if you need to, when you get home, you might write those down. Because we need it. We need to know where God's brought us through. The things that he's been faithful in, that we didn't see it in the moment. We didn't see it at the time. But looking back, we see his faithfulness. Because we know that surrendering is a process that will continue to happen. And trials will come. We know that. We know that he died on the cross because trials would come. Because we weren't perfect. Because we needed a savior. Because our enemies needed a savior. Right? So if we need to go home, write it down. Put it somewhere you see it every single day. Because you're going to need your own encouragement of what he's done, what he's done, what he's done. Because when you're in the middle of it, you can see what's not happening. You can see what is really going wrong. And it's overwhelming. So if you make a list, put it on your mirror, put it wherever you're going to see it of God's faithfulness. So now, now that we know of the things that God's been faithful in, now we look at today. And we look at tomorrow and the next day. Are you ready or available? Are you willing to be available for whatever God wants to do with your future? Are you ready for whatever God wants to do with your future? Are you ready to submit to his authority? Are you ready to release the power and control. Are you ready to agree with God? Are you ready for that? I like it. I promise this was not planned. I promise. I just grabbed the first water bottle that I had at home. But on the side of it, and I, this is, I am not promoting Weight Watchers, but it is a Weight Watchers <laughs> Um, anyway, but it says progress, not perfection. Be gracious with yourself that it is a progress of submitting to the Lord and releasing that control of needing to always have everything where you fight for making sure that you're okay. And what happens from that process if I can, I'll go ahead and have the team come up. And um, what happens from that process is that he's, he's already guaranteed us that he has promises for us. When we say yes, when we choose to be his, when we decide to take up our cross. I love that you guys did Glorious Day. And hold on. Well, I give you glory for all you brought me through, and now I'm ready for whatever you want to do. And I think there's another part. Uh, that's the song we're ready to do. What's that? That's the song we're getting ready to do. No, no, no. Okay, so Glorious Day. What's in Glorious Day? I don't know what I mean. Yeah. Oh, that's it. Thank you so much. That's exact. Nicole, I knew you had me. It was my. It was my. It was my grave. It was, it was my tomb. It's my stuff. And Jesus decided to pay it. 
and let us run and let us be free. And so to me, that's a celebration. That's not something to be somber about. That's not something to think, man, I got to like, I got to do it his way. You don't have to do it his way, but you can choose if you're willing. If you're willing to do it, you can choose to say yes to his authority instead of your own. And it's progress. It's not perfection. It's not an overnight thing. It is a lifelong commitment to choose to say yes each day, each second, if you need to, whatever that looks like. And some of the promises that he's promised is to strengthen us, to give you rest, to provide your needs, to answer your prayers, to protect you, to be with you, that you would have complete freedom from sin and its authority in your life. Doesn't mean sin won't happen. It just doesn't own you. It doesn't get to make the choices for you. He gets to make the choices for you if you're willing and you lean in. And he works everything for the good of those who love him and decide to take up their cross. And so I hope that we can celebrate together the opportunity that we have for all the things he's brought us through and all the things he's getting ready to do.